Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Business Black Belts. I'm really excited today to have Phil Bogdanovich, the CEO of Cypher Skin. Uh, Phil, thanks so much for coming on our show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to you all about the company. Absolutely. Um, so just to start, uh, obviously, you're the CEO of Cypher, but um, plenty of people probably know what that is and plenty of people, this might be the first time they hear about it. So uh, maybe just to start, you can introduce yourself and the company. Yeah. So uh, as you said, I'm Phil Boganovich. I'm the CEO uh, and co-founder of the company. Uh, Cypher Skin is built on this idea of computerizing textiles, but in the context of, of people and the, and the uh, apparel that we're working on right now, uh, computerizing clothing so that we can capture uh, vital signs like heart rate, O2 saturation, uh, and skin temperature. Uh, and for the first time ever, motion is a vital sign and transmit that uh, anywhere in the world uh, in, in real time. And so that's what we do. Uh, we are um, useful in other industries, but this is where we're starting. Uh, obviously, I have a background uh, in the military, which sounds like that would be one application of this in terms of kind of being able to monitor like vital signs across the world. But what was that kind of what first spurred this interest or idea or where does the story start for you? Um, yeah, so, you know, my, my background academically is, is fairly varied, um, but uh, applied mathematics, theoretical physics, um, some, uh, you know, study or a fair amount of study in, in statistics uh, uh, in biology, uh, microbiology, cellular specifically. Um, and, you know, I, I took that with me um, into the military, that, that academic experience into the military. Uh, and over a 15 year uh, or so stint in, in government service between active duty uh, and then working with, uh, uh, working with other government organizations, um, I sustained a significant number of injuries, um, some blast injuries, some gunshot wounds. Uh, and so my mobility was, uh, was really low. Uh, and in 2012-ish, I was working with uh, Craig Weller, uh, who is a co-founder uh, of CypherSkin. He's a super brilliant dude. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know it at the, at the time, but he and I were, were doing uh, some work together uh, working, uh, in what the government likes to call non-permissive environments. Um, and, uh, you know, I, my, my pain level was high, uh, and I was, uh, I was sort of staring down, uh, I think what was very probably like my sundowner years of being mobile and being able to run, I was looking at some surgeries that would probably have put me in a wheelchair. Um, that was the expectation. So I had done a lot of damage to my back and my, my pelvis and I, you know, fractured a pelvis and a femur and some vertebra in my spine. And so, um, you know, what I was dealing with was if, uh, I have this surgery, uh, to prevent a complete break that, uh, my mobility would be very low and I would just spend a time, a lot of time in, uh, a lot of pain, but maybe less pain. And so, um, on that note, uh, I went on, uh, one of my last deployments, um, and met Craig and we were in the gym and I remember thinking, I remember thinking, 
that is a that is not a large man for moving around a lot of weight. Um, he's, he's like a strong dude, and um, you know I I went up uh, to him. We started talking and started talking about you know our history. He came from naval special warfare, uh, and so we were talking about his experience uh, and overuse injuries and that kind of thing. And over a period of six months, uh, we we trained together, and um, I regained my mobility. Um, you know, the, the pain had largely subsided. Um, I lost 30 pounds. I was running again. And so we had this like moment where it was this sort of like question mark around how did this happen? And then how, how can we, um, put this experience in the pocket of every person on the planet? Um, and the answer to the first question was there was one Craig watching one Phil. And so I was training, uh, perpetually. I mean, we were training seven days a week. Um, and we were training all the way kind of to my physical threshold without tipping over into injury. Um, and so I recovered and there was no, uh, in that I found recovery and there was no, uh, way to digitally reproduce that. And fast forward a couple of years and I was sitting on my couch and, uh, I was reading, uh, this sort of obscure paper that a friend of mine had sent me on the mucosal conductivity of earthworms. And my wife, Emily, walked in and set a bottle of wine on the on the counter. Uh, and I watched her remove the protective coating and slide around the bottle and then conform um, back uh, to its uh, original uh, size. And that was the aha moment that if we um, if we applied the principles that I was reading about in this paper to this like sort of rubberized mesh uh, that we could encapsulate a body. Uh, and through low voltage, um, determine how it was moving and then bet other sensors into it. Uh, and that was uh, step one. That was the very beginning of computerizing textiles for monitoring uh, multiple things in a sensor array uh, at once. And that was the first patent. Um, and there have been several more uh, behind it. And, you know, here we are in 22 with a deep patent portfolio and a rapidly scaling company. And it almost reminds me of Mission Impossible when he jumps into those water tanks or has the bodysuit with yeah. the O2 level. Like it very much yeah. is that, like what we would have thought would be 20 years in the future, but you guys are kind of bringing the future today. So my next question is, you've obviously both as an, sounds like as an athlete and as a uh, service member, been in some of the you know most intense physically demanding environments you can be. Is this really yep. designed for that, like professional athletes, you know, like special warfare, et cetera? Or is it actually going to be eventually commercialized where Bob down the street that's 40 pounds overweight and wants to run every day is going to have a use for Cypher? Cypher skin is for everybody, right? Like Cypher skin is, uh, is this idea of being able to monitor physiological output in a useful way so that we can make decisions, um, that you can make decisions, that I can make decisions, that the people that we bring into our lives in a professional and personal context, whether um, I'm taking care of my grandmother or uh, I'm a medical provider and I have a patient that's a thousand miles away, um, you know, or whether I'm an ultra marathoner and, you know, I want Emily, uh, Emily is my, uh, my infinitely patient wife, uh, that, uh, you know, and, and Emily wants to be able to monitor, you know, me while I'm, I'm running. Um, and so regardless of what it is, cypher skin is for everyone. It's the ability to monitor our biosignals and then do something useful with it. Um, we have been used in the context of the military, um, 
And to your point, uh, it is cypress skin is water. Uh, I, I shouldn't use the phrase waterproof, but we have submerged it for 24 hours and then uh, put it on someone and ran it. Um, so it is it is highly, highly water resistant. It is designed to be jumped out of airplanes, um, but it's also be it's also designed to be used in assisted living communities. Mm-hmm. That now that I know a lot of entrepreneurs, the advice they get is focus on a niche or focus on. But there's another angle, which is build a really cool technology and let lots of people come up with their niche use of it. It sounds like you're really a believer in the latter, at least for this business. Um. You know, I think that broadly there are there are two ways to, to think about um, attacking a market. Um, you know, you can either be Apple uh, and you can uh, build a monolithic organization and own everything down to the subcomponents and the hardware uh, all the way to the software and, and iTunes and every, you know, make a massive portion of a, of a smaller market. Um, or you can be Google uh, and you can build Android and put it on, you know, 95 percent. 90 plus percent of the uh, devices, the mobile devices in the world and collect a smaller piece. Um, and so I think that there's a point in every company's journey where they have to s- sort out who they are. Um, and CypherSkin um, as a technology uh, is designed more in line with being Google than it is with being Apple. Um but uh, I will say uh, definitively that our uh, initial beachhead is in healthcare, uh, specifically in uh, pre and post op recovery. Um, so immediately before or immediately after surgery or injury, uh, to to monitor people and uh, and and manage their uh, recovery trajectory. So that's where we are today. But there are uses well beyond that. Yeah, it's exciting too, just to know. Like you said, healthcare feels like a lot of it's about knowing or getting more data so people are inspired to act on their own, and you're kind of going to be doing that at scale. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's this fear of the unknown, uh, whether it's five-year-olds in the dark and what might be in the closet, uh, or whether it's professionals and a sea of data uh, that is not particularly well-defined or well-structured, um, both create this sense of anxiety or fear. Um, and so data is supremely important, provided that it is useful and presented in a way that it is actionable. And so CypherSkin collects a huge volume of information, but what we provide is actionable. And so if there is, if there is something that someone is interested in, whether it's a, a coach uh, or whether it's a medical provider that is beyond our normal sort of dashboard, um, we can provide that. Um, but we have made it a point uh, to structure and present data in a way that, it, that it's actionable because a lot of data uh, with no real structure around it, um, it with, the, with some very limited exceptions, um, tends to be difficult to navigate and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And now is there an iPhone app or what's the, what's the way that you actually ingest the, it as a user? Yeah, so we're a hardware-enabled SaaS company, um, and so it's one of the ways that we protect it, and it's also one of the ways that we make ourselves, to your point, available. Um, where, you know, when you think about very early on, sort of like question one, like, are you Apple or are you Android? Are you Google? Uh, then what is the market that you're going to approach, and how are you going to attack it? I think that you can be used 
in a multitude of ways. Um, but you have to choose an entry point, right? Mm -hmm. And so like that entry point for us um, is in, uh, is in uh, healthcare, it is specifically in recovery. Uh, and what we're finding that people are using in clinics most often are computers right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've built a web app, we've also built an iPad application, uh, but we are rolling on to mobile first applications, true mobile applications by the end of the year. Um, with the idea of being able to take your iPhone out of your pocket uh, and run CypherSkin uh, from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how much does one of these shirts cost if someone wanted to buy one just retail? Or, or can you even <clears throat> buy them retail? Uh, no. Um, right now, you know, right now this is, uh, this is more in line with, and even the world, the world is changing. There's, you know, I, I had a conversation uh, with Adam, uh, with Adam Draper, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about this concept of his that I think is, is really terrific called sovereign healthcare, right? Like sovereign health. It's this idea of people being able to have agency over the information they put in the world and being able to have the same access to their healthcare data, their health related information that their providers have. Um, and so I think that, you know, when, when we think about that, uh, the world is changing. Um, it used to be that you had to go to a, a, a provider to get a blood pressure cuff, and now you can buy one off the shelf. It used to be that you had to go to a provider to get a, a glucometer or, you know, whatever it was, it, thermometers, like when they, when they were first released, you had to go to a medical provider to get one. Um, and so CypherSkin as a new tool um, is designed to be kind of this provider in the middle. So if you're seeing a provider, you can see a provider at a cipher enabled clinic or institution and then take one home, but we are not a uh, consumer product yet, but we will be a consumer device in the same way that blood pressure cuffs are consumer devices where you can have a need for one, get it yourself and then connect it into your ecosystem. Uh -huh. uh, that is on our roadmap, but that will be, you know, 24 months. It's really important to be very good first be very useful to patients and the providers who are helping them be a part of the conversation uh, around um, the quality of an interaction. And then once you're really dialed in, once we own that, then we can make the experience more widely available. But we want to be right first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Now, I'm, I'm curious. Obviously, you went to Harvard Business School. You also have kind of extensive experience in the Marine Corps. Like how much did both of those shape your ability to be an effective entrepreneur or CEO? Like, I mean, just from the outside looking at it, it sounds like you've succeeded in a few different ventures. And I'm curious which of those are both like played a role in that. Yeah. So, you know, I was a Navy corpsman attached to a Marine Corps unit. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's a whole nother hour long conversation on exactly the, like how that works in the nuances of the military. Um, but um, I was a, I was a Navy corpsman uh, and I was, uh, I was uh, specifically at a, at a reconnaissance unit at a Marine reconnaissance unit. So I was a recon corpsman. Um, and, it, you know, I, I think over the years between that and government service uh, and the work that we were doing and the environments that we were in, um, you know, my, my threshold for risk uh, and stress are pretty high. Um, mm -hmm. It takes a lot um, for me to find myself in a situation where, um, 
I like to find myself in a situation where I'm like even concerned, you know, like I, I have a, I have a different risk appetite probably specifically as a result of that. Uh, and the, you know, the idea behind, uh, you know, behind Harvard, uh, was that I, I realized that, um, you know, as I was transitioning out of government service, uh, and out of those, uh, you know, wartime environments, I, you know, I'm part of that generation that spent, you know, almost an entire military career in combat, right? Like, I mean, we were, I was, I was deployed in one fashion or another for six to eight months out of the year. Um, I, I, I met my, my, uh, my now wife, uh, at a time in our, uh, in our lives where I was gone most of the time. And, you know, we, we had to sort out even how to live together when I retired. Um, because for the first four and a half years of our relationship, I was gone eight months out of the year. Um, and so just a weird, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a strange time. It was an interesting time. And so self-sufficiency, communicating, uh, in environments that, uh, are non-traditional, um, being able to, to lead and manage and work with, uh, diverse multicultural teams, uh, stress management. I think that those are a lot of things that you pick up in those environments. Um, because if you don't, you won't survive them. Um, and so the, you know, the, the, the risk, uh, is, is very, is, is very high. Um, and so are the stakes. Um, and so being good is paramount, you know, uh, and then, you know, I learned, as I was saying, I, I learned as I was transitioning out, uh, that I did not speak the same sort of like language in a boardroom or in a room with the people that were my peers. And this was in, you know, my early thirties and even into my late twenties, I suppose, when, when I was looking at my first startup, um, I, I, I realized that I didn't evaluate things the same way. Uh, and so in the, in the same way that, um, Stanford has an MX program, Harvard has a PLD program. It's their alternative to an executive MBA. And it was an opportunity where I was able to attend this program, go through case study method, understand the way, uh, that they were evaluating problems. And so at the end of that, I was able to take the life experience from the military, uh, as somebody had, who had, you know, sort of grown up grappling on a mat and coaching wrestling and, you know, that environment, couple it with this newfound sort of understanding of business mechanics, uh, and how people in startups, um, and companies sort of broadly, uh, evaluate the world and put those together um, and reintroduce myself, uh, into the startup ecosystem. And so, you know, I think that that was really helpful. Um, and I think that there are a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, you know, in, um, in that same, uh, that are, that are working in that same spirit. One of the brightest guys, um, you know, I know uh, he's, uh, he's an executive at a friend of mine's company now. Uh, and so I, I, I missed out. Uh, but there is a there is a gentleman that I would have loved to have had here. That's a, that's an MIT grad that was that came from the uh, the Army Special Forces community, um, and just a really humble, terrific individual. And there are a lot of those people out there. Um, so anyone looking to hire, it's definitely a thing to pay attention to. It is a unique skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And my my final question for you is: You've already done so much in your life, like you said. And again, thank you for your your service to our country and you know, I don't know, sac- I know sacrifice 
probably gets overused, but really all that you gave up, like you said, those months away from your family or your body or all these things, uh, all the way to the success that you've had in business. I'm curious, how do you define or measure your legacy? Like one is, you know, Cypher becoming a really successful company, but how do you zoom out and say, if I do X, like my life will have been a success? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's not a question that I, I grapple with. I don't, you know, that, and that to me, Cypher skin, it, continuing to work the problem, it's success is a foregone conclusion. If you don't believe that about whatever company you're running, find another thing because what you have is a hobby. If you don't believe that what you are doing is successful and will be successful, go find something else. So Cypher Skin is going to be successful. I know that. And we've been uh, growing in a way that aligns with that. Um, I also um, don't have, there's something, there's something that I think you learn being, um, you know, being in these like really intense, really uncomfortable situations is that, you know, the way that you measure a problem, uh, you know, you take impossible out of the picture. Um, and I will tell you that I've never lost at anything. I've run out of time, but I've never lost. And so to me, the answer is to continue to work the problem until you resolve it or you run out of time. You can't look at really complicated, really precarious situations as, you know, a, uh, as a binary sort of like win or loss, succeed or fail. Um, because it's a really hard thing to manage emotionally, uh, especially when uh, there is so much uncertainty and it's, it's really easy to give up. And that's, you'll find that when uh, you have conversations with people that come from the special operations community, uh, when, you, when you ask them about, you know, what kept you motivated, what kept you going, how were you able to, um, you know, continue, um, you know, to, to continue a course of training when you were broken and cold and wet. And it's this idea that you live like you're moment to moment, you're working the problem and you have, you have resigned yourself to being there. You're there. That's it. Cypher skin is going to be successful. I'm here. That's it. Right. And so now the remainder of that is to continue to work the problems to get to the end result, which is success. And if it isn't success, I ran out of time and I'll go find another problem to work. Right. Mm -hmm. um, when I think about that, think about that in the context of um, how I define a legacy. Um, I don't, um, you know, if, we, when we move on from this company, if the team that I work with leave here, whether, you know, whether it's 10 years from now or six months from now, the team that's here, uh, as they move on, if they feel like I was a good teammate, if they feel like they learned something, um, if they felt like the challenges were real, but they were managed and, and we were helpful, uh, that to me is a, is a legacy. You know, I, you know, I think that every, uh, entrepreneur should aspire to be uh, a leader. Um, and so that, that is how I would define a successful legacy. Mm -hmm. I know that's a great answer. And, and if anyone wants to reach out to you to learn more about Cypher, if they're in the 
you know, medical community and the healthcare analyst community is LinkedIn an okay way? How do you normally get connected to new people? Yeah, I think uh, I think LinkedIn uh, LinkedIn is is just fine. Um, you know, I think that uh, yeah, I think LinkedIn is generally I, I'm on it. I you know I think like most people, I'm on a phone um, most of the time. So if they reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, I'm available, um, and so I think that's a good. You know, I think that's a good approach. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, Phil, thank you again for your time today. Look forward to seeing you guys continue to take over the uh, the world of healthcare with some of these devices. And we just really appreciate you giving a little insight into the journey here on our show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.